This episode is brought to you by my wonderful patrons. Thank you so much to my patrons. They make this podcast possible and also very fun to do because we are able to interact on a private discord where we can talk, discuss topics, and just in general help each other collect the things that we want. So thank you so much to everyone who participates there. I couldn't appreciate you more. With that out of the way, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Geeked Out Collecting Podcast, where we collect Pokemon cards and other nerdy things like damn adults. I am your host, Jess, and thank you so much for being here. Today is an interview episode. So for this month of January 2022, I brought on someone really special to be interviewed for this season. I have none other than Magno from Poke Madness Collection on today. And if you remember Magno, he was actually my very first interview on season one. So everything has been coming full circle for us. Here's his episode. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, figure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, anyways, it's really crazy how everything has kind of come full circle because like, you know, oh my God, it was probably like two years ago when I had you on first and you were like my first interview ever. So it was really awesome to kind of like <laughs> bring you back after two years. And I mean, like, it's something that I was thinking about for a while and then you hit me up because like, like, this is the thing, I, you know, I try not to be like... I don't try to like bug people, you know, because we had talked about it before and, you know, we were trying to find the right time and, and, and time had passed. And then when you hit me up again, I'm like, oh, shit. OK, cool. So yeah. he's for real about it. I just don't want to be annoying, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't you, want people you, to get annoying. But. <laughs> You're definitely not annoying. I mean, it, 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 I like it because, uh, you know, it gives more info to the people as to like what they're looking for in trading card games and things like that. Aside from that, it was pretty fun doing it the first time. So coming back, it, it's kind of like, yeah, kind of like you said, it's full circle. And uh, we're probably going to talk about some of the things that we talked about back then and see what has happened in the, in the past two years, which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been like freaking insane. And I mean, honestly, probably the first cool thing to talk about is like, uh, you know, because you, you, you're a middleman, you're a grading middleman, you know, uh, you've been, you know, a buyer, a seller and a collector, obviously. So like, you've been balancing between all those things. Like, what have you been doing differently now versus back then on any of those categories, essentially? So, well, so yes, I was uh, a buyer, collector, um, seller, um, run auctions i i stream now so that's one of the biggest platforms that i got right now so ig used to be my biggest platform on that uh but in the past four or five months oh no no probably four months uh i started streaming and whatnot and that was pretty cool because it was a new platform it was new uh basically new people out there and it got me into a different market as well from pokemon Although I was already switching out from Pokemon because of the, basically of, of the, there's not that much Pokemon stuff out there. Like you have, you know, scalpers that go out there and buy everything and 
you know, which happens, but it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily a good thing. Kind of sucks for everybody else that wants to collect, but uh, at the same time, really, really, the scalpers are the ones that kind of drive up the the value of certain cards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So again, pros and cons of those things. But uh, I did I did run some things and uh, it was fun. Um, and then. I submitted an application or whatnot because in order for you to stream and whatnot, they have to like verify that you're a seller and all those stuff. And then they'll give you the option uh, or the thumbs up that you can stream. So it's not like eBay that you create an account and you can sell whatever you want. Um, they actually do some sort of background check and on you and they'll decide how soon or, or how fast they approve you. And once I got the thumbs up, I decided to give it a try. The first time that I, that I did it, it was kind of nerve wracking because I was just like live trying to auction some things and I was like, uh, I don't know if this is going to sell. Uh, if I started for too high, are people going to think that it is, you know, it's too much. And then I learned that with time, uh, and you know, and, and a different community grew out of there. So with time, I know that if I put something up for a dollar, it will automatically, well, it, it will go up in, in price just as time happens in, in the auction. And it's just like a minute auction too. So it's not, Oh, yeah. I know that. <laughs> oh yeah, shit, that's like a little nerve-wracking like at first yeah. for anybody you know oh yeah oh yeah absolutely but uh but it's cool because there's two different options whenever you run these things uh one of them is you can put it on like a sudden death so basically after the the, the timer runs out whoever gets the last bit like with the snipers at the like at the end they get the they get the stuff i mean they get the car but if you don't activate the sudden death if somebody bids within the last 10 seconds, it adds another 10 seconds to, to the clock. Oh, okay, nice. I, I actually yeah. kind of like that. Um, mm -hmm. Which which one do you like to do the most? Do you do a combination of both or is there something that you kind of stick with that works for your audience, I guess? Uh, so right now, we're, we're touching territory on White Shores. So I've been a, a, long, a long fan of White Shores for the past few years, like before the hype. Uh, and I say before the hype because it's starting to get hyped up. There's a lot more streamers uh, into the category of White Shores. When you go into the app, it tells you what is it that you like. You can choose Dragon Ball. You can choose Pokemon. You can choose Funkos. You can choose comics. You can choose a, a lot of different things, which is a pretty cool is a pretty cool app. Um, but then they created a, a category or a subcategory for White Shores. And that's where I usually stream. And now there's a lot more people coming into the streams. And mostly because... Uh, I like animes, so I like different shows of animes and things like that. And White Shores is is known for taking all the animes and uh, and basically making them into cards. And then their special rares or the secret rares are like the signature cards, which are is signed by well, it's not physically signed, but it's just printed with the with the signatures of the voice actors. Mm -hmm. um, in, is in it Japanese. the Japanese? Okay. Okay. Cool. Yes, the Japanese voice actors, with the exception of. Uh, one of the latest sets that came out in December was Ruby. That one is signed. Uh, well, that one I think is only in English, and it's signed by um, by the the voice actors in English. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. So, so is yeah, it yeah, like yeah. so? If you get the Japanese version of the cards, you will get the Japanese voice actors, or is it like so? If you get the English ones, you still get the Japanese voice actors most of the time. Yeah, cards? so I think White Shores is also experimenting on new grounds with that because the Japanese ones, uh, 
they'll 100% have the Japanese voice actors signature. Um, but with the English ones, either they put like a hot stamp, which looks a little bit different than, than a signature, um, or they or sometimes they do go to, they they, uh, they do go to the Japanese um, actors, um, and they just print that out on on that one. So it really depends, I guess. I I don't know what White Shorts is trying to do. It's pretty cool. It works. That's that's really cool. I mean, I've always I've always liked White Schwartz, even though I don't have that that much of it. But I mm-hmm. do have the English version of Sword Art Online that came out. Ah. Uh, what is it called? This was a few years ago. Shit, I don't know what it's called. I got two boxes from Rudy from Alpha Investments. One, the box came indented, so after a while, I just like opened that one, and then so I have the other one still sealed. Um, uh-huh. God, I want to say it was the actualization set. This was like oh, several years ago. So, does that sound yeah. familiar? Am I making it up? I- <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's uh, so Sword Art Online has had several ones and se- several sets. Um, the latest one that came out in English it was Alicization Volume Two, uh, but then the Volume One is the one that came out a while back. So that's the one that I yeah. probably have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that, that's cool. really cool. Yeah. I kind of I like how they do it, too, because it's not like an infinite, you know, print run. They're not going to, like, I, I haven't heard of them also reprint stuff, but but let me know if they do. But it but what I've gathered from it, it's like they just print to demand. So whatever stores ask for, you know, it, like what whatever orders or how they do that gets made and then that's just what they print to which i find to be really cool because like i don't know just from a collecting perspective it seems to it seems to hold a little bit more weight it's kind of like that quiet i don't know to me those that that brand is like a a quiet like um like like just just like a the sleeper of like all the different brands. I don't know. It seems like a very sleeper type brand where there's a lot of people that like it, and it should be bigger. I feel. I don't know. I feel like they should be bigger, and maybe that's just a matter of time. But yeah. I think it's cool. So that that's one of the things that I've noticed too. Like with time, I believe that White Shores is gonna is gonna explode probably as much as Dragon Ball did in the in the past few years, and then just as much as Pokemon. Not necessarily probably as big. But if you really think about it, like nowadays, there's a lot of anime cons. So there's a lot of people that like anime as opposed to what it was back in the day. And uh, a lot of people are a lot more people are coming out about it. And, and they, they want to see, you know, their favorite characters, you know, in Alicization Volume 2 for Sword Art Online. Right. The English set, they came out with serialized cards, which there's only 10 of each one of the characters that are that had hot stamps that are like their special rares. Um, and those cars go for really, really high. Like I don't have any one of them, but the last time that I saw one of the serialized numbers, it sold for like five grand, I think easy. Holy crap. So they've been doing serialization even before magic because magic, the gathering just came out with it like a month or two ago. Mm -hmm. First, like secret layer set that just randomly drops serialized cards. So Weiss has been doing it already? So Weiss only did it for this one set for mm-hmm. Sword Art Online Alicization because they didn't have the signatures of the voice actors in Japanese. 
so when they print it out it, it's it's kind of weird because i mean i do have a couple but i don't have any of the serialized ones um it's kind of like a hot stamp on the card that is gold so it doesn't mm -hmm. have any signatures from the voice actors but um let's say i think it's one in every 25 or 30 cases you have a serialized one but each case comes with 16 boxes you know so you're going through a shit ton, <laughs> a shit yeah. ton of packs. Oh, that's awesome. Either, either that or uh, or you just get very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. You know, um, another brand that's similar to Weiss that I haven't spent too much time in, but I have bought like, you know, a handful of boxes here and there is Force of Will. Like I, the reason why I bought Force of Will at first was because they were doing like a joint release of um, the new, the newer Ghosts in the Shell anime release from Netflix. That's like all CGI. I bought yes. a few boxes of those and I opened up both of them. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty close to a full set. Honestly, like you know, it, it's just, it's just one of those sets that you just buy because, like, you know, you like it rather than you think that it has maybe investment potential in the future. But I mean, force of will has been pretty interesting to me too. Do they run kind of similar to Weiss? So I haven't really bought force of will, but I do know about it because, uh, along with force of will, there's also Vanguard cards that are coming out that are very, very close to Weiss. Um, I think what the real reason why a lot of people like the Weiss shores cards and, and maybe force of will at times, aside from the anime factor, is because they like the anime girls that come in there, which they call them waifus, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone's got their waifu. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah. whenever you explore all these territories, like there's even a new a new box that just came out in November, November, December, that it's it's this game, it's this trading card game in Japan uh, called Wicross. Um they're pretty big in Japan, but they haven't touched territory over here until November that they came out with the first set. And I was able to get my hands on some of those. And the cards are, are very, very pretty. Like, they're very different. Hmm. That's really nice. Um, are they, are those, is that set, like, is that like an underground type game that has, like, some underground popularity in Japan? Or is it starting to become more popular? So I think it's pretty big in Japan. It's just not big here because... Nobody really knew about it, and everything was in Japanese until okay. they came out in in, in English. In so English, yeah, yeah. So so then from like uh from like a Weiss Schwartz playability perspective, I've never played any of the any of those sets. Like how how is that from a playing perspective? Is it really popular here um to play, or is it just like that collectability? So. I'll be honest with you. I don't know how to play the White Shores game. Mm -hmm. I just I mostly do it as a collector. Uh, but from the people that do play it, and I've learned I learned what they what they do and what they look for. Um, I mean, they it, it's it's just like any other trading card game. But it's not as big as Pokemon. It's not as big as Dragon Ball. So there's not that money that many tournaments and things like that. There are a couple, but most of the people that, that play those, they they go through different expansions of the game and they use Japanese cards, they use English cards. And then there's this websites that people use 
to like uh, look up what the wise shores text says in Japanese to English, mm-hmm. so then they know how to play with it. Um, but yeah, personally, I don't, I don't know how to play with it. So I would love to learn. <clears throat> I would love to learn, but it's a, uh, it's it's a little. I don't well. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna say it's a little complicated, but I don't think it is. I, I just haven't <laughs> tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get you. Um, do you know if like you know why Schwartz is gonna try and promote uh, you know tournaments, um, in person play stuff like that? Kind of like how what Flesh and Blood has been trying to do. Like, like Q3, Q4, they have these huge events go on um, for in person play. I think they still have a schedule up for this year too. So, so I I don't think that White Shores has any kind of tournaments. I'm not exactly sure because I haven't really looked into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the times that I have seen tournaments for it, they obviously have promotion uh, promotion cards that are special to that specific tournament and things like that. And then those cards become really expensive. Um, but I'm not. I'm not sure if there's any happening, especially with COVID and all that stuff that happened, you know, last year, the year after, I mean, the year before. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally get it. Like, I've seen, you know, video of people just like all of these tables for like Flesh and Blood, for example, all of these tables with, you know, people wearing masks and and um like in a big warehouse so i guess it mm-hmm. like it works out and it's and it's good but yeah i mean i've always wondered with you know people's plans of having these in person events it's like okay i don't know how well we'll be able to stick to them you know they're like like at least for flesh mm-hmm. and blood they're trying to do tournaments in las vegas and stuff like that so they're trying to be like um i guess what they're trying to do maybe is fill in some of the gap that magic the gathering has kind of, I don't want to say drop the ball on, but um, mm-hmm. they haven't focused on in-person gaming. They've been focusing more on their app than playing online, which totally makes sense for the times right now. Um, yeah. But, you know, people still want to play in person. And I get that too. I get that too. There's just, you know, drawbacks. There's drawbacks. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, even even when you think about it, like uh, I've been going to a lot of like uh, conventions lately. Um, so when you go to the conventions, everybody's wearing a mask. Everybody's like keeping their distance mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You're trying to take a picture with the voice actor. You know, you, you kind of go into like this uh, plastic separ- separator between you and the actor, so you can't really go near them and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, there's there's a uh, COVID is not fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not. I I can't wait until we can get back to normal. That'll be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's been a while now. It's way so, overdue. <laughs> yeah, I I can disagree with you there. So, but um, you know, as far as like getting into some more like wise Schwartz stuff, you know, for people mm-hmm. who you know aren't too familiar but are interested in buying these, uh, you know, getting into some of these sets, like how do they go about mm-hmm. doing it? What's um what's a good strategy? Um, what do they need to look out for? So in, in all honesty, like my honest opinion on this is because like if you go to your local car shop game or like local comic store and stuff like that, um, they don't have white shores. And a lot of people don't buy it because or, you know, the times that I've talked to like like local car shops, they don't buy it because there's not enough playability 
people don't look for it to play with it the same way that they do with Pokemon, the same way that they do with other cards. So therefore, they don't order it because it's not convenient for them. If you are trying to get into this kind of sets, eBay is kind of risky, but it's still out there. Uh, I know Mercari, you know, the, the app is also one of the things that you can look into. Uh, the best way, and, and I'm about to promote myself, uh, but the best way to probably do it is to download the app for whatnot and, uh, and then select the White Shores category. And then you're going to see different streamers there that are going to run different kind of packs. Uh, there's one that came out recently in Japan is for a Marvel set, but it's for White Shores, which is kind of different, but it's pretty cool. Uh, but that's probably going to be your best bet to actually uh, get some packs if you're trying to rip different packs from different sets because the local car shops are only going to have like the, the latest ones or the things that they couldn't sell. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the stuff and whatnot, you have collectors and, and middlemen and people like me that will expand a little bit further because I also have contacts in Japan that gave me boxes for special, like special for in Japan. Um, and then I go ahead and sell them over there and I just open packs, do box breaks. Like, and it's, and it's been crazy lately because a lot more people are coming by. A lot more people are checking out the white shores uh, channels and stuff like that. And in like, what was it in like three, four months, I think I have like about 16 or 1700 sales. Oh, wow. Just, yeah, it's it's insane. And then it becomes chaotic in the house, too, because then I have a, a million things to ship. And it's not like I have a company. It's not like I have a store. It's not like I have, you know, it's just myself and my wife. Uh-huh, so, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so between both of us, you know, we start we start, we start packing everything we start doing. And we spend long nights packing after, like, a long night stream, you know? Gosh. Which is crazy. You know, I, I kind of always wondered, too, because I noticed you weren't doing much, uh, like, as much as you used to on Instagram. I'm like, yeah. oh, like, I don't know. Did he fall off? Because, like, it happens. You see it. <laughs> yeah. like, you, And it's okay. You know, when people come back and it's like, whatever. But, no, you, you didn't fall off. You just shifted. <laughs> so, so yeah. it makes so much yeah. sense. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, a... It, it, and, and like, from my experience, when I started and whatnot, too, I started first with Dragon Ball. Yeah. Uh, got into the Dragon Ball market. I mean, I was already in the dra- deep into Dragon Ball Super market because I really liked the series since I was a kid. Uh, so that's why I was mostly collecting them. But mm-hmm. uh, then that thing exploded. And, uh, and some of the cards that I had for that ended up selling very well. Then I try selling Pokemon cards and whatnot because obviously I do have a lot still of Pokemon cards and a lot of things that are sealed. But uh, but there's so many people in Pokemon that are streaming and selling on whatnot that like they it, it's kind of hard for them to find you in there. So it, it doesn't make sense to continue doing that, you know? Yeah. Exactly. So um, then moving on to the to the White Shores community, you know, then that's whenever it was more clear because it was almost nobody doing it. And then there was myself. There's uh, one of my buddies called Pokey J. So you guys can follow him too. He's pretty cool. He has an Instagram too. But uh, he he was doing this for a little bit longer, like since the beginning of last year. And he was kind of giving me tips and tricks and like what to look for, what to do and stuff like that. So when it comes to, when it comes to like, being a streamer, being a seller, being, you know, I'm going to kind of middleman and stuff like that. You really got to humble yourself to like learn the processes of different people, learn your processes 
And then you take little things from here and there and apply it to yourself to see what works. Because, you know, some people may think I'm funny, while other people may not like me. So I just got to, you just got to be yourself at that point. And then, you know, if they like you, they'll stick around. If they like you, they'll buy anything from you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I, what I truly believe. I mean, yeah, that, that totally makes sense. You start to find like your own like pocket, you know, within that, within that market, I guess, essentially. So, I mean, it, it's cool. Like, I'm not going to lie. I haven't been on many streams, um, <laughs> mostly because like, like to me, unless I'm looking for something specific and I can't get it on eBay or I can't get it on Mercari on anywhere else, like, um, you know, to me, the whole like online, you know, auction like that doesn't appeal, but like, that's okay. Cause I'm just one person and there's plenty of people to, you know, find that super useful. Um, and like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like it, it's cool. I know, I know that, um, like some people find it to be a little bit of gambling. Like when, when we're talking about real hype streamers, I mean, I don't know which ones those are, um, but you know, there, there's, a, there's a gambling aspect. And to me, like, I'm just like, I'm not a casino person. I'm not a gambler, but um, <laughs> when it comes to like, you know, make it a stream engaging, I think probably the ones that I really, especially like people that give me a lot of information on something like, Oh, this yeah. part is cool because this, this or that, um, you know, maybe something that I didn't know before. Like, or, or, or like what I find really cool are especially those streamers that show me like, for example, Pokemon sets in Japanese that I've never seen before, had no idea what they were, but they look cool. And like, you're, you know, I'm being educated. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, no. So that's, that's one of the things that, uh, that is cool with whatnot is because if you don't know something about something, you can just ask in the chat and mm-hmm. the streamer, uh, nine out of 10 times are going to read it. Sometimes too many messages come through and you just skip some. Uh, but for me, for example, I try to read everything that everybody puts and then I just give feedback if they're asking me questions. Uh, sometimes they do ask me like, where, where do you buy your cars from and stuff like that. Those are the things that I don't reveal because I believe that a good magician never reveals his tricks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but you make it available for everybody else and you make it available to us to like an affordable type of price. Uh, me, for example, what I do is, uh, even though they're auctions, right? So let's say I, I have a card and I put that card for auction, or let's say I have a pack or three packs for of different sets that I put it for auction. They started at fifteen dollars. Um, I develop like a like a system that is kind of like the more you bid, the more things you get from me. So cool. I, so like I start a pack off at fifteen dollars because each pack will be like five bucks, right? Then they get to 25 bucks. Uh, I tell them, okay, well, you're going to get uh, a special card from one of these boxes that I have, and you're going to get a giveaway entry. And I do a giveaway at the end of the stream as well. And then um, you get to 35, I give you this more stuff. You get to 45, I give you this more stuff. And surprisingly, people like that. And um, what I've noticed is like, like last night, I had a stream where somebody bid $250. And he got a lot of things, like a lot of things, because it, I mean, it's fun. It's, it's like different stages of like the different auctions and stuff like that. So I just started grabbing a lot of things, making their package and stuff like that. And, and they like it. And if you put something up for bids, kind of like a highest bidder, we'll get this specific card. And the card is kind of like a chase one. Uh, 
people will bid up for that card specifically, but in on on the way to bidding up to that card, they get everything else that comes along with that. That's really so, good. Yes, yeah, so I think that's it. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know, it's just little things like that. You got to think about different ways to like engage with the with the community. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so is there anything like? Are there specific sets that you're chasing right now that you want like to keep in your PC like long term? Uh, well, there are, and there are a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there's a specific set in in uh, in White Shores, which the English version came out probably like about two two and a half years ago, uh, but it's called uh, Fujimi Fantasia Bunko. And basically, what it has is like a combination of uh, of of uh, different anime girls from Dead Alive to High School DxD to other other type of animes, and uh, it's also one of the most sought out sets out there because of of I guess the waifus that are in there, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Not a yeah, surprise. I mean this. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but those are, those are, that's one of the sets that I that I look forward to having. I like Dead Alive a lot and Dead a Bullet, uh, which I don't know if you ever seen it, but uh, I, I I like collecting from those two specific as well. Oh, okay. Is it is it like because the characters or because of the art or just just because you really like those sets? I will say it's because of both, because of the characters and because I really like the art that they have. Like they're very pretty. It's kind of mm -hmm. like when you start talking about Demon Slayer, right? If you look at the animation for Demon Slayer, like it's everything's pretty, everything's so colorful, everything's so nice and very well detailed and done. Uh, there's other animes that are like that too, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, it depends on the people too, because there's also like other animes like One Piece that is very like yeah. very rawish. I love it, but you know, it's also a different type of, uh, uh, I guess drawings and, and not cartoons but animations and animes so yeah I, I guess it just depends and then the weird thing with white shores is that they don't stick to just one thing they they do animes but they also like like i said before they came out with a set for marvel where they have captain america yeah. iron man rocket uh Groot, all these other people with hot stamps, and then some of those cards go for like two, three hundred dollars, four hundred dollars, you know? Oh my gosh! So it's crazy. But then every single one of these sets that have like a like a specific secret rare and stuff like that, they're crazy expensive because of the odds of you pulling one is kind of hard. So um, you know, in, in the streams that I've done, I pulled several signature cards for people, and I. It's it's cool and it sucks because it's cool. I get to open it and I get to see it and I get to feel it. And I'm like, oh my god, this is so freaking awesome! I get like like you know, astonished. You just don't by it. get to keep it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I don't get to keep it. So then when I have to ship it, it makes me sad. <laughs> god, I totally understand. That's awesome. That's awesome. But no, I mean, like, like with the secret rares, what's your like coolest, like most maybe most valuable or, or i don't know coolest secret rare that you have in your pc um so i got a couple but uh the one that i like the most is is from uh that fujimi fantasia bunko rare uh i mean fujimi fantasia bunko um they have ria scrimmery which is the the main character for um high school dxd so 
a couple of, it's funny because a couple of years ago i ended up uh before white shorts exploded as as it's doing right now and whatnot i ended up buying a rias card that was like 40 dollars right back then and I, and back then i was just like ah you know maybe it'll sell maybe not you know i don't know how's it gonna be and whatnot mm -hmm. and um and then I sent it to Beckett when Beckett was not backed up. So for $35, I ended up grading it. And it came back like a BGS-9. Uh, and the name of the car, I think, is called Devilish Smile Rias. Mm -hmm. um, and it's one of the signature cars for the set. And it's apparently one of the ones most sought out by a lot of people. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's, it, it is my grill, but it's not the grill of, of uh, White Shores. And, uh, I mean, a, a Beckett 9 will go... BGS nine for Rias will probably go for like eight hundred to a thousand dollars easy. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, and I got three of them. So those are my prize possessions. <laughs> That's awesome. But people only know of one. So you're the first one to hear that I have three. Woo. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. What's What's the plan for those? Just yeah. like long term, keep like PC all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I want to say it's mostly because I have problems detaching from things. <laughs> So, <laughs> so that's that's the the crazy part of being a collector is that sometimes like I like some cars very like a lot, and unless I truly, truly, truly need the money, like I need it, and I don't have anything else, and I need to pay stuff, then I will consider selling it. But even then, I I probably won't sell it just because <laughs> yeah of the way that I am. Yeah, I I completely I completely understand it because like with some of my Fortnite stuff that I have going on, like mm -hmm. I've had some people come come hard at me with like I need that card because like you've got the PS10 of it, PSA10 of it, and there are maybe like five of those <laughs> right now, <laughs> and and I'm just like so like I always feel bad because you know, I'm truly in a spot where I don't feel like I want to sell it. Like I don't need to sell it. I don't want to sell it. So it really sucks for those collectors because like, if you're going to try and, you know, you know, get me to make a deal, whether it's a trade or it's a, you know, cash only or cash trade, like you need to come at me with a ridiculous deal because I want to keep this, <laughs> you know, and, and, it, and, it's, yep. and, it's, and it's ridiculous because it, it would have to be completely like four or five times over market rate. And I mean, honestly, with this card too, it's hard to really gauge a market rate because there's so few that sell. <laughs> it's like, yep. I don't even really know what the market rate is truly. And so I'm like, mm -hmm. You're gonna have to come at me with some, you know, <laughs> these kinds of cards with this kind of cash because I want to keep this card. You know, like if I get rid of this card, I don't have, you know, my set. So <laughs> you've got to come at me with something really big. If you don't have it, then like you're just like this is a waste for both of us. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so. I, I completely understand with that because I, I am the same way, and I think that just <laughs> also. I think that also goes to show how much and how passionate you are about a, a collection and how passionate you are as a collector as well. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, yeah. if you're willing to just sell it for the money, then this is no fun. It really isn't, you know? Yeah. Um, but if you're here because you, you like the stuff, you want it, you think it's cool, even if it's a card that's like maybe like, what, a dollar and you have it created because it looks great. And then that card just happens to, you know, explode and now it's worth a thousand dollars. 
nine out of ten times I'm not gonna sell it. Even if it's a thousand dollars, I'll probably ask for five thousand just because I know nobody's gonna give me that kind of money for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um so it's completely understandable. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I do that all the time. And I tell the people that usually because sometimes I have booster boxes that are sealed and I'm like, I don't wanna sell them. Uh and then somebody's like, Well, put it up for sale, put it up for sale. It's like I'll consider putting it up for sale, but I really don't want to. Uh, the only way that I would put it up for sale is if somebody gives me this much amount. No, but they're not worth that much. I was like, they're not. You're absolutely right. You can go somewhere else and buy it, and I encourage you to do it. But you know, I'm I just don't want to sell it. You know, yeah. unless I'm in a in a unless I'm in a pickle. <laughs> unless you're in a pickle, yeah. I I I totally agree with you on that. It it's tough. It's tough. Like like one of the things that I did, um with the cgc submissions that i put in last year i'm starting to like get all of those in and get those cards um it's all it was all pokemon stuff so like just as a heads up it was all pokemon stuff um yeah. but with that what i wanted to do is i wanted to be a little bit more strategic because i had a whole bunch of raw cards that were in pretty good condition and they mm-hmm. ended up grading really well for cgc right i'm talking a ton of nines not that many 9.5s but you know we're talking vintage so whatever <laughs> But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like with that, like I made sure to get dupes. I made sure to have dupes. So I get the, you know, I keep, you know, the highest grade of that card for me. And then <laughs> I have now all of these other cards that I can trade for, I can sell for, mm-hmm. you know, to get whatever I'm looking for. And to be honest, I'm actually leaning more towards the trade part of it, um, just because you don't have to deal with the monetary transaction because now there's so much more like eyes on that. You have to like really keep track of that more like with, with eBay and with PayPal and stuff like that. You know, I I'm kind of preferring more of just the trade part of it just because I don't have to deal with all of that. And I mean, you know, of course, sometimes I do have to actually sell something like in order to get, in order to have the money to buy something. Cause like my, this year I am not putting any more money into my collection. Like this is it. That's really, so if I want to, it's like a, I'm doing it as a little bit of a challenge, but also because of how much money I put in to get my slabs graded. I'm like, okay, I'm Mm -hmm. spending thousands, right? Thousands to get you know, almost 500 cards graded, I need to, you know, um, like, that's fine that I paid that much. So now let me take advantage of the fact that I have all of these slabs that I can trade, or I can sell for to get more. So I'm like, okay, so this year, I'm going to do it a little bit different. You know, it'll help me kind of be a little bit less impulsive, because there were some purchases last year that I was like a little impulsive about. And I like, it's not like I regret it. But it's like, I could have been smarter about it, but instead I was impulsive because I was okay to spend the money. And so now it's like, let me, like, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to like, um, kind of put my collecting in a box, you know, and, and like, kind of like manage it better from that perspective. So it doesn't bleed out into other things. Um, and just like be more deliberate that that's just my personal goal. So that's a challenge that I'm giving myself. And so mm. far I've been good. So if I want to buy like new sets that are coming out, like if it's Weiss or if it's magic or if it's Pokemon, like I'm going to have to sell some things to have the cash ready for, you know, when that stuff hits the yep. shelf. So, so, you know, I went on a tangent I can't really remember what I was going with it, <laughs> but I mean, like when it comes to the PC at the end of the day, like. Like what you said, if it's not like a 
banging, completely unrealistic deal. It's kind of hard to, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to, to motivate someone to, to like put on the market something they really care about. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. With, with, with what you said though, um, I, I agree with that as well. Like as far as not putting more money into things. So I remember, I, I want to say the last time that we did this, it was like three years ago. It wasn't two years ago. I think it was actually three because we're in 2022 now. Shit. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's three you might years. Be right. <laughs> Crazy. Um, but, um, but how you call it? But back then, I remember thinking when I first started initially, because it was even before that, the, before the first time that we talked, I had already started maybe like a year or two before. Um I spent thousands of dollars on Pokemon cards that didn't buy, didn't weren't worth anything, right? <laughs> and uh, and I made a huge mistake. Like I was literally like five grand upside down. Oh god! And uh, it sucked, but it it made me happy at the time because I was just playing cards, playing with cards with my wife. It wasn't even in tournaments. It wasn't even in card shops or anything like that. It was literally just my me and my wife opening random cards, right? Um. And then we kind of saw the bill afterwards and we're like, well, shit, we should probably stop, you know? (laughs) Um, Then I stopped. And then I remember, you know, three years ago, you asked me something along the lines like, you know, if you had a hundred bucks, how would you spend it? How would you, how would you make it multiply? So going back to something like that, I remember that at that time I was like, okay, so this is the money that I get from the Marine Corps, right? Because I get paid and uh this is going for bills, this is going for rent, this is going for this many things. And if I want something, I'll put it on the side for myself, right? Um, but I remember having that mentality that you just said, which is, I'm going to put $100 into something. And then if it happens, cool. If it doesn't happen, then it's probably a sign for me to stop. And so I put $100 into something, and then I'm multiplying it. I ended up getting 500 out of everything that I bought. Um, and I still kept some things from my collection and then I ended up buying and selling, buying and selling, buying and selling to the point that, you know, the collection that I have right now, only on PSA, not counting Beckett, not counting steel product, not counting anything else. It's probably worth about 75,000, which is just the cards. And that's not counting. I have like three boxes of, of Dragon Ball that are worth like two grand each have a slabs that are worth like a couple grand here and there. So, you know, like it's, it's just, it's amazing to see what you can do if you actually put your mind into something. And in your case, for example, that you're like, you know, I don't want to, this is what I've spent. And if I want something new, I'm i uh, I'm basically going to sell some of my stuff. That's what I I did. And I, and there was a lot of hard thinking, a lot of hard times where I was just like, damn, I don't have a duplicate of this one. So if I sell this one, this is it. I may never mm-hmm. get it again, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, and then that actually had happened to me in the past too. Like I had a, a you remember when Mewtwo and Mew GX came out with like a Rainbow Rare? Mm-hmm. So I had one of those and I only had one that was a PSA 10. It came back PSA 10 and I was like, oh, well, that's cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And back then, that one didn't sell as high. Mm-hmm. So I sold it for like maybe like 100 bucks, 120. And then I bought some things here and there. Um, and then I ended up getting another Mewtwo Mew GX and I sent it to PSA and then it came back as a nine. So I was like, oh no. So then I sold that one. 
I ended up buying three more, sent it back to, to PSA. Those came back as a nine as well. And I was never able to recover the 10 that I, that I sold. Yeah. So little things like that hurts at times, but then it also comes to show like, well, do you really need the card? Like, are you going to be okay if you don't have it for your personal collection? You know, like you, you have to be realistic with like some of the goals that you have. You can't keep every card. You can't have every card because you need to invest on in this unless like, unless you're rich, unless you have money that you don't really care about. Um, you know, like it's, it's, you gotta, you gotta make some tough decisions here and there to sell something, buy something new, sell something, buy something new. And really that's, that's what motivated me to do a lot of the things that, that I still do, you know? Yeah, that, that, that's totally true. I mean, you touched up on a lot of stuff, a lot of the struggles of being a collector that has to, you know, that's got a budget, <laughs> which is most <laughs> of us, right? Or at least I hope so, yeah. um, you know, because having a budget is the most realistic thing you can do, you know, because mm -hmm. like I've had conversations with so many people that listen to the podcast that are like, that mm -hmm. always that literally do the same thing that you do. Like you talked about in, in your story, like you got back into it and you're an adult now. So you kind of like, just want to buy whatever you got, whatever you want, because you have the money for it. And it doesn't put you in, like, it doesn't put you in a crazy spot, like financially, like it doesn't, it didn't keep you from, you know, paying rent. Right. So yep. you, you just happen to spend just, like put a lot of money into whatever it is. And, and that's the story of so many people. And I mean, I honestly, like, I just feel like it, it's not a bad thing in the sense that like, it's not bad if you realize it after the fact, and then you're like, okay, I'm gonna fix this. And then you go about fixing it, which is what you did. You know, mm -hmm. I, I just think honestly, like sometimes you know, when you're a kid and you see this thing that you've always wanted, you know, now you're an adult, you see that thing that you always wanted and now you just have the money to spend it. You're like, well, fuck, I'm just going to do it. You know? So <laughs> I think, I think that's okay. You know, if you're a financially stable adult, you know, and then you realize, oh shit. Okay. Let me just like be a little bit smarter about this. But I think where it really bites people in, in the ass is if they never get out of that, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've met a couple of people like that, which like has caused them to close their Instagram, close their, their accounts and things like that, which kind of sucks, you know, because you get so deep in the hole that, that, you know, you, they, they're like, damn, I have to actually sell everything. You know, I don't want to sell everything here. And at times when some things like that happen, I'm like, if I have the money for it, I will try to help you out and buy from you and probably offer you a little bit more just because I know that you need it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I know that it's not as worth as, as, as much, you know, but, uh, but you have to be, you have to be smart about it and, uh, you gotta be careful with it too, because if, if, if you don't plan accordingly with your budget, then you're not going to be able to get there. And, you know, one of the things that I did, uh, when, when I started on whatnot as well, uh, recently is, is that because I went back to, to the same question a long time ago, I went back to that question. I was like, you know what? I have a collection. I have something that I'm very happy with. I have like boxes and boxes of things plus, you know, PSA cards and all this other stuff, but I want to get into white shorts, right? So I'm going to sell three things that I know is going to get me probably a thousand dollars. And then I'm going to use that and I'm going to invest it into white shorts and see what happens. If it's, if something cool happened, great. If something doesn't happen, 
then oh well you know and then i went ahead the first time that i told you about it uh i i went into whatnot i invested on wash shorts i literally spent like 900 dollars on the case or or it was like a thousand or twelve hundred dollars in a case or something like that uh but i had the money for it because i i sold some things and i doubled the money i sold everything in there and i doubled it and i was like okay so this works so let's try it again put all that money again put it back into the into the into that specific thing bought more things with that brought it to a knot doubled it again so obviously the doubling doesn't really happen all the time but uh that just goes to show you that if you if you put your mind into something and you create a budget specific for that you have to know when to stop and you have to know when to continue and if something's booming at the time take advantage of it if it's not booming at the time then just be patient because it will with time yeah yeah it's yeah. like it's like learning how to ride those waves you know, and kind of mm -hmm. see it for what it is too, <laughs> versus yeah. like being hopeful. Sometimes we like, we, you know, how would you say it? We kid ourselves. Um, <laughs> when something is dying out and they're like, oh, but it might come back. You know, you have to kind of see the writing on the wall too. And that, and that's hard. And that's hard to like, to emotionally detach sometimes too. But, but, you know, I think that's just a part of becoming a more seasoned collector you're just building on these skills and I don't even want to call them soft skills per se but they're skills that people don't like explicitly talk about and that's why like I love having this conversation with you because you're being honest as hell how you started as a collector and more people need to hear you know those types of stories because there are so many big Instagrammers that crazy flex on stuff you know, I don't yeah. know about the biggest ones, but there are some, you know, influencers out there that I know for a fact they're in thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars in debt to, to, to credit cards and to, you know, their family in order to buy boxes to unbox, you know, and, and, yep. and, and rip and do these things like, and they make it seem that they're good, but they're not financially good. And so it just builds this hype of people are just like, oh, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. And, and, you know, I want to like, I want to like find the people in the community that are, that are smart about it and, you know, are open to talking about those things because like, let's have some real conversations about how some people are just like making terrible decisions. Like one of my hobby buddies were, was telling me that, you know, they have, uh, you know, people that are in, you know, thousands of dollars of debt. And we're talking about young people, you know, like we're, we're, we're older, yeah. we're mature, but we're talking about like young, like in like 19, 18 year olds, like early twenties where they're getting into credit card debt just to buy this shit. And they're mm -hmm. already starting behind the ball. Like they're putting themselves behind the ball just in life <laughs> because yeah. they fell into hype. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's crazy because it. like, if you remember back in the day, whenever like, COVID started or even before a little bit COVID or pre-COVID or post-COVID or whatever. Um, I remember seeing a lot of like Instagram posts and videos and TikToks and, and, and just, you know, reels and IG stories and stuff like that, that people will be flexing about going to Walmart and emptying out a shell, a shelf of uh, Pokemon. But then when you start looking through their cart, you know, cause I, I'm one of those where I will pause the video and I'll be like, what are they buying? You know? 
and I start going through that, and I know the numbers in my head. I already know what things are, are worth. So I'm like, that's you're spending money very, very stupidly, <laughs> for lack of better words. But like, really, really stupidly throwing the money out there. And if you and if you have it to do that, by all means, do that. But if if you don't, like, you need to reassess. Like, I've I've come. You know, just like I, I probably said this before, but I've come from a place where I lost everything and I didn't have anything. And I started with, with, with that. And then I went negative and then I came back up because I learned my lesson from that. Um, it, it just depends. Like, I guess life will show you the way to actually, you know, learn about it the hard way. If, if, if I want to put it like that, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just you just gotta learn to 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 budgetize better. And if you don't have the money for it, you don't have the money for it. Then realize it. You don't have it. You know, whether it comes to like cars, whether it comes to statues, whether it comes to comics, whether it comes to any kind of things that people collect, phone calls. You know, like even even now, like I've gotten into so many different things, so many aspects of collecting that like I have a little bit of everything. But uh, but it's because I had. The, the the budget to do it without the budget yeah. i wouldn't be where i'm at i wouldn't have all the secret careers and if one day i actually need to guess what i'll probably sell the ones that i don't like the most and try to keep as much as i can but it, it you know it, it just it just varies on, on those type of things and just people need to realize certain things <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i definitely get that it, like i always kind of feel like it's okay to make mistakes because we're human and we make them, but you know, it's on you if you make the same mistake twice, oh, yeah. you know, if, if you like, if you, if you didn't, if you didn't do anything, if you didn't look at that mistake and try to do something about it, I mean, maybe if you did it again, it's not as bad, but you, you try to do something different to, to, you know, help like, like to get better, to improve. Like th those things are fine to me, you know, because mm -hmm. you're just trying to, you know, you're trying to constantly uh, uh, realign, right? You're trying to get back on the path, I guess, and and shit happens. But you know, I I just I just hope that, and now that what we're seeing is we're kind of seeing everything, you know, take a downwards turn in terms of Pokemon. Um, oh yeah. You know, and and I think to me this is a really great time for so many people because it's a nice opportunity to to take a breath because mm -hmm. the hype isn't as big as what it was. We can take a breath, we can sit down, we can step back and we can kind of reassess. And, and this is what I've said before. Like if you look at how much you spent on Pokemon or nerdy shit last year and, and you look at that bill and you're like, what the fuck was I doing? You overspent, you know, <laughs> that's just it, plain and simple. Like yep. if you're like, holy shit, I would have done something completely different with that money. You overspent. So like, what are we gonna do this year? You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you know, it's crazy too. Like one of the things that I that I think uh, is very important when it comes to collecting, right? For me, that I'm that I'm older and I'm married, right? Uh, my wife is is one of the biggest, you know, supporters and and my rock when it comes to everything, literally everything. Um, but uh, most and and I don't want to talk bad about other people, but. You know, most of the time we're like, I have people on my stream that come and then they spend a, a, like a shit ton of money, right? 
And a week later, two weeks later, they come back and they're just watching the NBA. Sorry, man. Like this is that. I, I wish I could spend, but my wife saw my bill. You know. Uh, and and they and everything goes in a spiral after that, and they're just yeah. like they're watching. They can't buy anything. Um, if you have a good support system, I think it's very healthy as well too. Because with my wife, right, I I know that I spend a lot, and there's times when I I have to like not really convince her, but I just tell her like, hey, you know, like this is what I'm planning to do. This is what I what what I'm gonna spend, and this is what I'm expecting. Mm-hmm. and she never doubts it and she never questions it she trusts me enough to like make a sound decision because we've learned from the past and if anything she encourages me to to go ahead and do it you know yeah so that's something pretty cool that if you're a collector and you're married you know you should probably have your wife or your husband you know like be there whenever you make the decisions like bring him in the loop don't don't keep him like you know, hey, I'm getting this and because I like it. And the next thing you know, you can't pay rent. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah. that's, 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 that's a crazy part. But, you know, it's, it's amazing to have a, a, for me, it's amazing to have my wife. But mm-hmm. yeah, like everybody else, listen to the advice that, that others give you. Because if not, then you go in the spiral. <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's so true um do you have any do you have any problems with like people not paying their bill like on whatnot because i know with some people on golden auctions or heritage or you know um pwcc they you know an item sells on auction mm-hmm. but they never they never get that payout because they don't pay <laughs> so happens to the- eBay, yeah Yes. So that's the one of the beauty of whatnot, right? Whenever you sell something, um, but let me, let me back up a little bit. So whenever you sell something, right? If I am the seller, you're the buyer, you're buying, you're, you're buying something off of one of my auctions, the money gets taken automatically from your account the moment that you win. Oh, so it gets taken okay. out. Yeah. So you better have the money because otherwise it will, it will show their payment failed. And then I know that you, you're not going through. And then it kind of gives you on your end, because it has happened to me too. And sometimes it's just a matter of calling the bank and telling them, hey, yes, this mm-hmm. is my authorization. But uh, on your end, you get like a, like a little box saying like error, payment failed, please update your, your bank information or confirm the, the, the amount or whatever. Um, and then for new sellers or whatnot, or new streamers and whatnot that haven't sold over a thousand items, what not keeps the money until you ship out the item, it gets delivered, and then it gets confirmation that it got delivered 48 hours later. And then okay. they'll release the money to you. So that's, it's great in that sense because as a seller, you know, obviously you get the money and stuff like that. But then what a lot of people, some people have asked me as well, it's like, well, what happens when somebody buys something from you? Let's say they buy like a $100 pack of random booster box and you decide to open it because they, they 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 wanted it and they tell you, hey, go ahead and rip it. Uh, what happens if they want to cancel it? You know? Yeah. The beauty of the beauty of whatnot is that they would actually side with the seller almost ninety nine to hundred percent of the time. Meaning if you buy something from me, you made me open a pack that is like worth two hundred dollars and nothing was and there was nothing in it, you already spend the money. And the money already got out, you know, got taken out from you. 
and you were like, no, you know what? I want to cancel it because there was nothing in there. I want to be shady, right? So mm-hmm. whatnot, we'll send your request saying, hey, the seller, this buyer wants to cancel this for this. Um, do you agree or not? And then you put in your comments, whatever it is that happened. And they have the ability to go back into the stream and see what happened. And they're like, uh, no, like you're just being shady. The seller mm-hmm. is keeping the money. So they look out for the seller a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, which is that's, a lot better than nice. eBay. Yeah, it's a lot better than eBay. It's a lot better than other things because it has happened to me before. Uh, somebody bought, you know, something that was like a couple hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and uh, they tried to cancel the the the, the order, and so when not send me a message, and I told them I was like, no, like I actually opened the stuff that they wanted me to open, and you know, there are people there watching. So when I was like, okay, that's all we needed to know. Uh, just go ahead and prepare the package, send it over. Whenever it gets clear, we'll release the money for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that 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 makes sense. I mean, you know, buyers have to have protection, but so do sellers. It, it goes both ways. Um, so that's really nice that you don't have to kind of like deal with that type of stuff versus like a normal, you know, auction situation. Uh, mm-hmm. So so that's really nice because some people have been. Some people have told me before, like, you know, they'll put auctions up on the big, you know, auctioneering sites, yeah. uh, not not eBay, but like PWCC and Goldens and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and they're like, they didn't get paid for tens of thousands worth of things. Obviously, they didn't ship the thing out because they never got the payment for it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so they're not out the item, but it's still like that time wasted to, to wait for the auction to go through. And then yeah. we're going to get this kind of payday and then it's like oh yeah yeah that that (laughs) happens to me or has happened to me a lot on ebay and then that's the 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 shitty part about ebay is as you know you have people that will inflate the the price a lot and then when it comes through at the very end they're like hey sorry it was a misbid or sorry i changed my mind or sorry can you please cancel the the request and you have another another option at that point to cancel it because i mean if you start fighting with them you're not gonna get anything it's not worth it. it Yeah. Exactly. You know. Yeah. So, at that point, you just kind of like cut your losses, and you're like, "All right, well, I'm gonna put it in auction again and wait another week and see what happens." Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, hopefully, it goes through. But if it doesn't, then you know, it's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's totally true. So, you know, one of the things that I I want to see that I want to be more clear, like when it comes to eBay and when it comes to Goldman, Golden and PWCC and all these auction houses is like, I want it to be more clear in the data that they provide to us, whether or not those auctions were actually paid for. Um, and I, I don't know that I've really seen that yet because like, you know, when it when it comes to the app that I'm working on, you know, clear and concise and you know, data is absolutely 120% necessary. And so I want to be able to add, um, you know, sales data from these other platforms, you know, that aren't eBay or they aren't TCG player, but I can't if I don't know how to read their data to know for sure, you know, okay, these sold items, they for sure were paid for. And I know this because of this, 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 and this, you know, um, I mean, even eBay doesn't do any kind of payment confirmed type mm-hmm. of yeah. it, like or or like at the end of it like oh this this got canceled you know so kind of 
making this listing disappear because I, I don't feel like even if you're trying to figure out, even if you're trying to price out an item, if they never paid for it, that is not a data point you need to use to kind of average out what you think you can get um, on yeah. the open market. So. Yeah, absolutely. I've noticed that too because there's times where like, you know, if I'm selling a car, let's say I'm selling a car for $500 and I tell them like, well, this is the price that I'm giving you. This is what it's worth and this stuff like that. They're like, well, I saw this car get sold for this amount and, uh, you know, I'm giving you this much of a price. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but that same auction just got relisted. So and the, the, the only thing that you can confirm with that is like if somebody release the auction with the same PSA number, you know, yeah. then obviously at that point, you know, it's, the, the payment didn't go through, something got canceled, the auction never actually happened, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think that's the only way to confirm with eBay. Then with the other sites, uh, yeah, it's, it's a gamble. You can't really tell. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm, I'm hoping that like with my app, I can like, like garner enough, enough like i don't want to say hype but enough community interest to where that that'll put me in a position to kind of start having those kinds of conversations with them just because like let's just make it clear like let's just you know and for my purposes then at that point i could say hey this is accurate per you know these types of of standards and i think it can help uh build trust um a little bit more trust in the community yeah. so that's what i'm really hoping but you That's know, awesome. it, it, it is what it is. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. No, I mean that that app that you that you're making seems pretty cool. I am actually you haven't released the, like the final one, right? No. no, I'm still working through it. Um, I'm still working through it right now. I'm hoping for it to be released this year as like a mm -hmm. first initial release. Um so so we'll see what happens because this is just you know me myself and i I've, I've gone through a little bit of setbacks that kind of um, slowed the process down a little bit but i feel now i'm kind of getting to like on onto the course and and what i'm and the first features that i'm working on honestly are probably to me the most important features in general that i want from this kind of app and that's something that helps collectors really figure out like okay I bought this item for this much um, and I'm interested in selling it. And then they can go in and say, okay, I sold this item. This is how much money I have in my like collecting escrow, like my collecting account, quote unquote. And then, you know, I can look at my wish list to see what items I'm looking for. And I can be like, oh, okay. So with this escrow, you know, I need this much right now to get all of these items or just these items uh, based on, you know, market rate, you know, just pure market rate data so you know it could shift like on how much yeah. they spend but just being able to see those kinds of things so at the end of the month it's like okay these are the things that i bought this is what i sold this is kind of like my balance you know kind of treating mm -hmm. it as like having sort of a, a collecting i mean not an account in the sense where it actually transacts but um but just to help kind of manage those things because you know we all a lot of us have a spreadsheet and sometimes it's just a bitch <laughs> to have yeah. a spreadsheet. You need something a little bit different, you know? So, yeah. But. I mean, yeah, that's, that's one of the things that I like, for example, with PSA that I do like is because they actually do have, um, you know, you can literally scan your, your PSA item on the yep. PSA set registry 
you can put pictures on it. You can put how much you pay for it. What's the value of it now or the average value of so like the previous sales. Got it. It's not like 100% confirmed because they're coming from eBay. But yeah. uh, it yeah. kind of gives like a like a knowledge or price of how much your car is worth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and if you're looking to buy a slab and you want to check that cert, you can see what the other person paid for sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know, like if yeah. <laughs> if that's still in there. And so you're like, oh, I know how much you paid for it. And you're the only one listing for it. And you're just making, you know, making this price up. You kind of know what you could probably offer um, counter <laughs> to whatever they're listing it for. So it's really powerful. It's really powerful yeah. in some respects. So, but that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I still I still want to get everything on the blockchain. <laughs> not not to do now, I don't know I don't know about turning it into NFTs or something but like there's just you know to me and and this is something I'm going to put out in the future to give like more technical explanations but like blockchain is really useful in in a particular in a particular use case where two requirements are met where um the solution isn't to um you know, build like a centralized third party administration where they can, you know, administer everything, you know, the whole system. Um, so where decentralization is necessary, that's like the first requirement that needs to be there. And then also the second requirement is that no other players in the game trust themselves. So when there's a lack of trust, like those are the two uh, requirements that need to be there in order for a blockchain to be a good solution to a problem. And so I think completely like our collecting <laughs> does that and so you know anything that's a slab that's got a cert tied to a company i think i i think is a good um uh, use case at least for slabs raw cards not so much sealed unless it's some kind of like authentication but i say that loosely because it's like hard to, to really authenticate stuff sometimes i mean even with the yeah. little shit that's going on with, with, you know, uh, what's his name? I don't want to bring too much. I don't want to bring attention to it because it's silly. Yeah. 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 You know, I got it. I know what you're talking about. I've seen yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, but I mean, like it, it kind of helps, you know, it, it kind of helps with keeping transparency and, and hopefully, um, you know, standardized in a way where we can trust the data more. I think it's just about coming to trust. And sometimes we just have to put uh, sometimes and sometimes technology coming in can help administer that, but not always. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and with technology and, and talking about technology and, and slabs and all those stuff, right? The different amount of companies that have come out with like different kind of like slabs and, and grading systems and things like that. I think it's cool, and I think it's scary for a lot of people because a lot mm -hmm. of people will always go to the main brands, PSA, CGC, Beckett type of things, and not a lot of people give too much attention to like newer companies, right? Um, I think newer companies have a fair shot at it, depending on like what their input is into like how they create things. I know that there's this one that I don't remember the name of it, but there's this one that they literally only use AI to create everything. 
mm-hmm. and they don't use any kind of like human inter in, uh, no no human intervention in between. Everything's just computers, and then that will come out with a grade. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's pretty cool, and I think it's scary at the same time because I also feel like with PSA sometimes, right? And not to talk bad about PSA, but there's there's been times where I sent something that I know I just pulled it out. Um, and it comes back like a PSA four, PSA five. And I'm like, mm, yeah, I don't know if that has ever happened to you, but the, the, the hundreds of submissions that I've had in the past, um, yeah, like there was one card specifically that I remember it was a dark Charizard, uh, first edition hollow. And I sent it over to PSA and it came back as a six or a five. And I was just confused as hell. I was like, I remember when I sent this card to you guys, it was perfect. And now it has like a little dent on the top. That's frustrating. Yeah. And you can't really, you can't really like, in my opinion, I think whenever you send cards to any company, like you take the risk of them, you know, mistreating your card and and it happens, you know, because they're human, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So with those things, you just have to be careful. But like, that's a human error into some of those things like PSA have like three or four different inspectors of or grading, you know, people before they actually put an actual grade on the card is what they claim and what they say aside from their AI that are, they're recently using, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you leave it to AI to completely grade a card, it's scary because you don't know what you're going to get, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and it's really, it's really interesting too, because, um, you know, because there's the possibility of the AI seeing something that's not there. So, so there's that. Um, but then also <laughs> there's the possibility of it, you know, shifting too far to the other side where it's like, are there things that it sees that a normal grader isn't seeing? And then, so mm-hmm. how do we factor those kinds of exceptions or those kinds of use cases into it? And, you know, if, if there's anyone out there that that is really interested about the technical side um, of this whole AI piece of it, you know, machine learning and then deep learning, which are two, I guess, categories within artificial intelligence. Um, Deep learning is a category of machine learning. And what, so this is just me speculating, um, knowing some of the technology, but when it comes to PSA, um, and other similar companies that are now incorporating AI into their process um, on various various levels. They're using machine learning algorithms and then also deep learning algorithms, most likely. So computer vision versus like, um, you know, it, anyways, it's really interesting um, to, to kind of look at because what you're, I mean, right now with artificial intelligence, they are not truly intelligent we are just telling them how intelligent to be and you have Mm -hmm. to give them situations for that. And then they take, you know, either, either you give them, uh, you know, specific, uh, you know, clean data, and then you tell them the outcome and then they learn that pattern. They find that pattern from the information and then apply that to new data, you know, or they, you give them data. That's not very, I don't even want to say clean, clean is not really the word, but, but that's very sporadic. Like it's mm-hmm. called unstructured data. So unstructured data is like you give them a picture and they have to kind of read what it is, but you don't give them the outcomes 
of what you expect. <clears throat> like you're not telling them the answer. So they have to fight. There's a lot of different ways to do artificial intelligence. And I, I realize mm -hmm. I don't necessarily want to go down that road of giving exact examples, but um, you know, that, that matters how well the computer learns matters. So it can switch. And so that's why at least what I like about PSA is they still do have some human intervention because you still need to QA um, what the computer comes up with essentially. And maybe obviously yes. not in every single case, but in some cases, you know, you want to do periodic, you know, quality checks because maybe it learned something that you didn't expect. And one of the things with machine learning is that when it's taking that data, finding patterns and spitting out what those patterns are, it doesn't really give you the ins and the outs of what those patterns are, right? It actually doesn't really tell us. Um, and so you kind of have to always sort of keep that in check because if it starts to learn something that is wrong, <laughs> you have to <laughs> figure out how to fix that. So, yeah. you know, but the good thing with it though too is that to some extent, as long as, you know, you have good people on the teams working on that project, and I think they do, you know, mm -hmm. over time, they can get much smarter and it can, and the quality can be better over time. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah, but I do like how PSA at the very least is also checking things like, and these are things that we don't think about, you know, because we're just simple Pokemon collectors, right? But they check <laughs> things like, is the car trimmed? Has the card been altered? I mean, that mm -hmm. that does have some play in some of the trading cards, you know, that we buy. But you see that a lot more in sports, too. Like, when you think of the Honus Wagner um, back in the day that got trimmed, right? That's that, like, million-dollar card plus that um, yeah. came out back in the day. And, and, and we find out after the fact that it got trimmed a little bit. I mean, one of them, at least. But Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, but that is that is true. Like uh, I mean, even as as collectors, like we don't we can't really tell the the little things or like the you know, if something's fake, something's real, unless like you you've been in the game for a while, unless you know what you're looking for, unless like sort of things uh, as a new collector that that is that is scary because you know, I remember one of the first big purchases that I did, it was a a Charizard Rainbow GX from from Burning shadows i think it was mm -hmm. um first purchase on ebay spent like 200 plus dollars and the car came in and it was a proxy and i didn't know about it so i was mm -hmm. i i ended up talking to some people and then i you know i told them the car feels different and stuff like that i learned the tricks and tips and tricks and stuff like that and then i learned that you know they they're fake i eventually was able to get my money back which is a great thing but that's good nonetheless like it's still it's still scary because you know you never know what kind of cards you're gonna get and then with psa slabs it's a little bit more secure with any kind of slabs really it's just a little more secure that you're gonna have that card and that card is authentic and all this other stuff uh but there's a possibility that it can also make mistakes you know so yeah yeah it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting sure. <laughs> yeah and i think um i mean but you know on the plus side too and just as an aside, like even when it comes to identifying fakes, sometimes I still don't feel like I'm that good at it. Like that's something that I could be better at because it's one of those things like you kind of have to have a fake and the real thing 
and you have to study it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's, it's totally a skill that you just get better at over time. And that's, I, I think probably one of my weaker skills, but, um, but even when it comes to incorporating AI into the grading process in general, I think that has played a huge positive uh, when it comes to PSA, at least, because, you know, they've been able to kind of incorporate it in such a way where it has had a positive net flow in, in, in their workflow process. So I've been doing a little bit of information and I'm going to put out, I don't know, like a report or something to kind of talk about it but yeah. when you look at the data and how much volume PSA was grading before June there's a like they were grading hundreds of thousands of cards in a month before June last year but June then you saw this really big spike and so it's done you know the the baseline now for PSA cards getting graded at the end of each month is a lot higher than what it used to be and so you know when you start doing a little bit of research you start to see oh okay so um PSA acquired the AI company back in April at least that's when it was announced by then back mm. in April so you look at April you know numbers aren't too bad May numbers aren't too bad and then June comes up um, you know, it, it definitely seems like they hauled some major ass in May to get that yes. shit put together so that they could really do some things. And so I think what's at least been helpful for them is they've been able to, you know, pump out product quicker because they're able to at least, and that and that's what it comes to with um, automation is you're delegating things to computers that they do more effectively and more efficiently than humans. So that you can put humans around the parts of the process that you need humans on. So, yeah. you know, it, it's supposed to be more valuable work um, from, from that perspective. And, and I think you definitely see that. So now the question I have for myself is like that, that I'm exploring and I'm working with um, uh, gemrate.com. I don't know if you, you see their numbers out. Um, they, they put out PSA numbers, uh, like volume, how many cards they're grading and whatnot, based on the changes, I believe, in the pop reports. And then they also calculate uh, the percentage of gem, uh, the gem mint cards. So literally that gem rate. Uh -oh. um, wow. so, so, so I'm trying to now see if there's a correlation between the gem rate and the incorporation of AI. And does the gem rate go up? Does the gem rate go down? Because if AI is being incorporated, you know, technically the gradient should be harder so that gem rate number should go down. Or yeah. at least that's what like I'm hypothesizing. So I'm mm -hmm. trying to figure it out. I still got to do some things, but I mean, it's some really cool stuff. Like I want to see more of that from, like I want to see information like that um, from BGS. I know, I know gem rate has BGS information, but like I want to see that across the board. Like, we're still waiting on CGC pops. They've already graded their one millionth card. Like, when are we going to see that? I want to see how that affects it. And, and then so I want to really see data across like the entire market, you know, at, at least the big three, but it'd be nice to see data across the entire market. Um, and then also too, it kind of gives us populations a little bit mm -hmm. as well to an extent. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 that's true, because uh, I think the the population aspect of, like, the report aspect of PSA is pretty cool, because you get to, like, sometimes I, I base my values off of that uh, to see how much a card is possibly worth, but then also seeing the population that, let's say, there's 10 of 10, 
you know, PSA 10s in the world for this specific card. And most of them fall between eight or nine. Uh, you kind of start learning like, uh, okay, what well, chances of me getting a PSA 10 of this is very unlikely, right? Mm-hmm. Like whenever you send that Charizard Evolutions hollow to PSA and hoping to get a 10 and they'll come back as an eight or nine, it's kind of frustrating, but you start seeing the pop reports and stuff like that. And, and I think that's something that with Beckett, uh, they lack a little bit just because I know that there's like some cards that I've graded with Beckett that have a certain number from them, but it doesn't give me any population report because I know there's only one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so those, those are things that like, okay, I get it. You, you guys are grading my card. You guys are giving a certain number. It should be simple enough for you guys to make a population report out of whatever it is that you guys are giving me. Uh, a lot of data in between, yes, but you know, you can create something so that, you know, people can see it. Um, and then with CGC, that, I don't think they have that, like you said. Other yeah. ma- minor companies, uh, I know that RCG just came out with it, and they said that they're, like, putting the population numbers out there now. Uh, but this has happened, like, a, a few days ago. So it, it just, I guess it depends also on the company, but at the same time, like, they should get better with this because then it gives collectors a better perspective or like even people that are new into the, into the collecting world, like they should be able to see, okay, so this many for this one, that's pretty cool. I'm making my goal to get there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I definitely agree with you. I mean, let's be real with BGS though. Like, like I need them to just update their website. Like their submission yeah. form, like their submission process, like come on, come on, let's. Oh my god, I can't, I can't even. It's so, it's so silly. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's very outdated uh, in that sense too, just because like the their online form is very. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's like, very it's bad. Like, it's like, I 100% of the times that I that I submit with Beckett, I print out the form and just write it out because it's easier. <laughs> it is so 1999, like internet 1999. <laughs> Come on, y'all, it could be better. And it, you know, I, to be honest, I don't know how like their website is structured, so I don't want to, you know, be like blase about that. There might be like some specific technical reasons why they haven't, you know transitioned to the newer technology but they just need like that's their alpha site you know i hope that they have a beta version in the works where it's like a completely you know rework but that would be really good and awesome for them um you You know know, you know what i think you know what i think uh like that my i don't want to say might be a reason but like psa does have the upper hand on on that and like some of the companies actually do have the upper hand on, on on you know like this is the online submission form and they just get printed out and you kind of have it nice and pretty. Uh, but even PSA, whenever, like, cause I recently started, I, I, you know, as you know, I'm a middleman for PSA, Beckett, CGC, all these other companies that people want to grade their stuff with. I, I started grading Funko Pops um, oh, cool. with PSA that are signed, they're autographs, right? Nice. In order for you to be able to, to grade those, their online submission form is not there. So they literally give you the, the paper. Hmm. But you would think that they will have it because their cars have it. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, they don't. They don't. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's just one of those things like, you know, 
we, we can sit here and speculate, but sometimes, like at least when it comes to software, um, sometimes you make decisions in the beginning that affect the future. And then you kind of have to pivot, readjust, change the architecture because there's something happened that you didn't, couldn't have foreseen to change. And so it's like, where do they want to put their resources to? And sometimes stuff like that doesn't get as much priority as maybe other things. So I, I understand yeah. it. I totally understand it from a user perspective, though I will say like PSA, I think customer service perspective seems to be a lot like in my mind kind of ranks a lot higher than some of the other companies in, in certain aspects too. I mean, like, let's just start with their website. Their website is the cleanest out of all three of the big ones. Like out of all three, they're the cleanest, even CGC. But CGC's mm -hmm. form, I think I prefer a little bit more than PSA's, but I think both are relatively effective. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that. true. And out of the, I mean, I, in my opinion, out of the big three, Beckett is the most complicated one. For sure, and it's. I mean, I don't get me wrong. Like, I I love Beckett. I love that their their mm -hmm. cars actually great like. Slabs. Great yeah, grading. their slabs are amazing. You know, mm -hmm. and they're hard graders. They're very harsh with their grading. It, it pisses me off, but it kind of like, you know, it's what it is. You know, yeah. I'm hoping that one day I get a black label. Probably not gonna happen ever, but um, their website is very cluttered. And yeah. me trying to get to the submission form is like they have a Beckett website, then that extends into a grading website or the authentication website. And then each one has their own things separately without you being able to see everything in just one thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So oh, that's yeah. a little bit frustrating, but I love their slabs. Like their slabs, I think, are, are the best. And, and it's funny because they're like in Canada, uh, there's another company called Mint. Which I don't know if you've heard of them, or MNT. Their slabs look exactly like Beckett. They just have a little bit different. Uh, they just look a little bit different, but they're literally. It's kind of like when you put CGC and PSA slabs next to each other, right? They kind of look the same, but they're kind of different because you know, CGC is a little bit more like uh, round. I don't know. Like yeah. I don't know. Like round. I, I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah I know yeah, what you yeah. mean though. Yeah. So, and then when you put those two next to a Beckett, you know, Beckett is like more square, more rough, more, but then again, it also feels more premium. Uh, Mint is kind of like Beckett. They're a little okay. bit cheaper and obviously they're a lower company too, but yeah, yeah. like it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, so when it comes to like uh, grading, because this question comes up a lot or this discussion comes up a lot, like, is there a point to giving these smaller startups a shot because of the fact that they, you know, PSA has always been the monster, it seems, when it comes to secondary market value. I mean, I think there's absolutely instances where PGC, uh, PGC, BGC, you know, can still hold and retain some value. But like, you know, I, I get that question a lot. And, and I remember I was trying to, I was on a podcast with, um, um, with some really cool comic guys that were asking me this question. And like, mm -hmm. to me, I kind of answered it like, at the end of the day, don't buy the grade, buy the card. But, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think that still, you know, to this day matters. But like, I mean, I don't know. Do you think it'll still matter? So, so my opinion, my opinion on it is, uh, 
I think everybody deserves a, a fair shot. I think everybody, you know, every company out there, you know, if if because when you really think about it, PSA used to be there at some point. You know, Beckett used to be there at some point. CGC used to be there at some point. Um, and if you don't give them a fair shot, you're not really going to know whether you like it or not. You know, um, a lot of people say, you know, try some, try everything once, at least once, you know, at least once in a lifetime. If you don't like it, then stop it. You know, um, I've given a fair shot to other companies. Um, one of the companies, like, like I was telling you before, like, is a uh, revolutionary car creating. They're fairly new. I think they came out this year. Uh, but they had a concept for their cards and, and by all means, I'm not sponsored by them or paid by them in any way. I just think they're cool. And I want to give them credit where credit is due. Um, their slabs are actually, they feel like a PSA slab. They look at first in pictures to me, it looked a little bit weird. Uh, but when I held it in my hand, as opposed to a website, um, I will compare it next to the PSA, next to the CGC, next to GMA, next to Beckett. And I was just like, okay, well, this, this actually seems really cool. And in my personal opinion, the, the original reason why I went with PSA in the first place, it wasn't to make money. It wasn't to like resell and all this other stuff. It was because I've had so many cards that... It started warping or started bending or started doing things like that uh, because of the humidity in the different places that I was mm-hmm. that um, I wanted to protect them. So that's the main, main reason that I initially ever looked into PSA. Um, so if you want to give it a fair shot to a company and you have the money for it, cool, you know, um, give a fair shot to all the other companies. But if you don't have the money for like to pay for like $150 grading uh, you know, service from PSA or $250 for Beckett for grading one card. Um, and you still want to protect your card, but you want to have it sealed, not with a magnetic holder, not with the screws or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, then give a shot to another company. Like for all you know, there, you might like it, you might not like it. And if you don't like it, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're still going to have your card slab there. So at least it's protected, you know? Mm-hmm. That's that's how I see that in that perspective. And then you will find out that some of the other companies have pretty cool concepts. They have pretty cool ideas. And, you know, one day maybe you want to create a slamming company. One day maybe I want to create a slamming company. Or maybe that would inspire the other people to like, you know what, I wish they did this a little bit different. Maybe I would like to do it like this, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then all that stuff, it, 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 ha- it everything happens with an idea. And if you explore that idea... You give it a first shot, take what you like, discard what you don't like, then you you may have a great company you don't even know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. Um, you know, I mean, of course, people do have the option to wait a few years to see how those, how all the grading companies kind of shake out. But if you want something taken care of right now, Um, I don't see why not. I feel like a few months ago, I was talking to someone about RGC, RCG cards, because they've Mm -hmm. been doing some Fortnite cards. So I've been seeing Mm -hmm. some of those Fortnite slabs. And from what I've seen when it comes to people reacting or commenting on those IG posts, they definitely seem to be really positive uh, for now, at least on those Mm -hmm. slabs. So you know, we'll see how things shake out, but they seem to be pretty good. Honestly, like, like I was telling you earlier, uh, you know, before this, 
I, I've got some Fortnite cards that I can't get graded with CGC because they don't grade CGC cards. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to spend that money on PSA grade cards. Um, so I'm thinking about sending some Fortnite cards over to them. Uh, so, you know, the, the cool... Them, yeah, yeah, yeah. The cool thing about RCG in that aspect, though, is that, um, like I showed you before, like I, I only have one because I was like, you know what? Let me buy a card on uh, on eBay, right? And it's this, yeah. uh, what is this? Sazi MV Gold, right? Um, I was like, let me buy it on eBay, see how much it is. Uh, you know, how much does it cost of grading? I sent two cards to be graded with them because I wanted to give it a first shot, but they weren't coming uh, fast enough for me because I'm impatient. <laughs> uh but uh yeah. so i ended up buying one and i was like oh you know what it actually feels nice i decided to reach out to the company itself and i was just like hey can you guys tell me a little bit more about the company like what actually makes this different than every other company because that's big to me if i'm going to send you something that i value um i want to know what you're going to do with it you know and yeah. what you stand for it and all those other things um and they had this pretty cool concept that uh the slabs that they make uh, they try to match it with the card itself. So, like, mm-hmm. if you have a card that is gold, it will have gold around it. If you have a card that is blue, it will have, like, a blue background. Aside from that, um, I think they're also trying to patternize, like, uh, the printing of... Because each one of the other companies, they have labels that they put it on the onto the onto the slabs. Uh, with them, from what they told me, because I haven't cracked it, <laughs> but from what they told me is that they printed on the actual slab itself which is a really cool concept because whenever you break the out of the slab the grid is no longer there you cannot reuse it for anything else mm. with, with psa you can take that label out there's so many people that, that have taken the card and the label put it on a on a card saver and then they put the label on top of that yeah. for all you know that that was a 9.5 or that wasn't a 9.5 that might have been a three or a four or a seven you know mm-hmm. so I think that concept is pretty cool with them, but I think what attracted me the most is the fact that they make the backgrounds uh, according to the card, and then they also have hollow refractors to the to the label. It's not the label, but like you know the part where the grading goes. There's some of them that are like refractors, cracked eyes, limited edition, one in twenty five. They get it, so I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think it's really cool. I, I, you know what, especially with what they're trying to do with that patent technology about the case itself or like you mm-hmm. know, that itself like when it's broken like that you cannot reuse it anymore and um i i'm curious <laughs> i'm sorry i got a little kitten over here that's playing but <laughs> um you know i'd be curious to know more about that from them just because that's really interesting because that's a problem that we totally have uh in the mm-hmm. community at large and and so finding ways to kind of combat that I'm open to people's suggestions on solutions, you know, I'm open mm-hmm. to it. So yeah. that's and, and, and the cool thing about it too, is like that they're not, I mean, for being a new startup company, I think they are a little bit expensive, but when you put it in perspective, you know, the perspective into reality for like the other companies, it's not that expensive. $25, $30 for one card when everybody else is charging a hundred plus, you know? And it's realistically speaking, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> realistically that. speaking, uh, if you're trying to wait for PSA to go back down to the bulk value or the economy value, it might be twenty, thirty dollars. A kind of like kind of like the eight, nine dollars a slab, how it was before on the on the quarterly specials. 
I hardly, hardly, hardly doubt it that they're going to go back down to that point. Yeah. Could, yeah. could If they do, kudos, because, I mean, I'll send a bunch more cards. But if they don't, <laughs> <laughs> if they don't, then, uh, yeah, like, I, I, don't, I don't see it happening like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard a lot of other um, similar opinions uh, when it comes to that. So it, it's crazy, but... You know, it's just, it's just, again, one of those things, like if you can be patient, you know, then, then just wait it out or give these guys a shot. Either way, you can still crack the case open if you want, if you need to, yep. for whatever reason. So, you know, just one of those yeah. things. Um, so then, so then like, so what I'd like to do is kind of go back to the first question that you kind of brought up, what we talked about the last time, which was like, if you had a hundred dollars to spend right now on like an investment piece, uh, you know, how would you spend it and why? Like, I want to ask you that question again, just because the landscape has changed so much. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so if I had a hundred dollars and I was to spend it, where would I spend it? Right now, depending on the community that you're with, again, I don't know much about magic and I don't know much about flesh and blood or, or any of the other ones. Wise chores is starting to grow and it wouldn't surprise me if in a few years it becomes more of a thing um if i had a hundred dollars i'll probably try my luck buying a box opening it getting um getting you know hopefully something good and even if it's not something good get the you get you know one uh special rare or one super rare card out of there probably trying to grade that resell it and try to make more money from that and then just go back to the into the into the same scenario of uh buying and reselling this part with your budget if you have a hundred dollars do not overspend a hundred dollars and if you need more then be realistic maybe you don't need a hundred dollars maybe you need five hundred dollars to actually make something happen but if you have a hundred dollars and you just want to have something great in your collection, then look for that something specifically and get that. Mm -hmm. Versus like buying boxes and trying to break for it. Yeah, yeah. Because mm -hmm. chances are you're probably not gonna, <laughs> unless like you you just do it just to because you like the feeling of of ripping cards, you know, ripping packages and stuff like that. Then yeah, go for it. But if not, then I would just buy the specific card and um create it and then keep it or sell it mm -hmm. yeah yeah is there a set in particular that you think would be cool to, to um, get if you wanted to open a box if i wanted to open a box from any any company or are you talking i mean yeah. from any set yeah any set any set uh i would say right now if uh for me right now, specifically, it will be White Shores. And uh, I would love to open a set that I that I don't want to say it doesn't exist, but I haven't, I haven't been able to find any uh, any booster boxes for it. It's called uh, Karakawa Sneaker Banco. Mm -hmm. it, there's no seal boosters, to my knowledge, from every person that I've ever talked to. Uh, there's none. So I would love to get my hands on, on one of those boxes and rip it. Hmm. Is this um 
Can you say that again? Katakawa? Yeah, Katakawa is sneaker bunko. Mm, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I'll have to look at that. That'll be interesting um, to yep. check out. So, um, Well, anyways, dude, we've been here for about an hour and 45 ish yep. i have a little kitten that <laughs> wants food and water so <laughs> I, I know i could we could be talking about this stuff for forever so um I know. But, you know i really appreciate you coming back on though it's definitely full circle for us so um nice. yeah, you, oh go ahead <laughs> i was gonna say if, if you know before we before we log off here if you could let everyone know like you know again remind people of kind of your services that you provide to them and where they can find you um if if they want to use you so absolutely so uh, an instagram is at pokemadness.collection uh on whatnot is pokemadness um the name kind of just stuck around so every everywhere in every single platform whether it's ebay uh, mercari or everywhere else that you can sell and buy stuff you look for pokemadness that's going to be me um kind of services that i offer it is uh, as a middleman for psa cgc rcg Beckett, gma uh funko pops anything that you guys are looking for if you're looking for something specific you guys can always let me know um nine out of ten times i'll answer better on instagram just because it's it's a direct message platform um but you guys can catch me on whatnot if you haven't downloaded the app of whatnot do it because it will like you can get a lot of collect collectors items over there um it's like a collector's heaven and you will spend a lot of money though but you can catch me over there streaming every week uh probably three to five times a week so i stream a lot over there and you have any questions about anything whether it's watch shores dragon ball super pokemon i know a little bit about digimon um a little bit about fortnite a little bit about everything uh but my fortes are always going to be pokemon dragon ball super and white shores so you guys can find me in all those places if you have questions or you just want to come hang out and watch me rip a bunch of packs go for it come follow me <laughs> sweet dude that's awesome well hey you know i appreciate you coming on again so this is always a pleasure so no absolutely thank you for having me again uh i love that i was able to to be the first person to initiate your podcast so I listen to that podcast from time to time, and sometimes I listen to myself, and I'm like, "What was I saying back then?" But, <laughs> but it's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's pretty awesome, uh, and and kind of like coming back full circle about this. Uh, I don't know if you if you know about this, but on my Instagram, if you go to my link tree, I actually have that first first podcast in there. <laughs> so if anybody, yeah, so if anybody wants to listen to it, uh, and I'm probably gonna ping this next podcast in there too because I like people hearing about this stuff, and, and you're great. You're amazing at, at being able to provide people with an insight on this. There's many people that have come and reached out to me because of you and because of that first podcast that we did. Um, so thank you for what you do for the community as well. And all the other questions that you asked everybody else, they're amazing <laughs> because it, it makes people think things that they probably wouldn't have thought about before. Mm -hmm. okay. That's awesome. I I'm